Hallelujah. Man, God is faithful. I tell you, the presence of God is, is so strong in this place. And I just believe that throughout the, the rest of our time together today, I believe the Spirit of God will continue to be at work in ministering to you. And that you will receive exactly what you need to receive today. And then as a church body, we will receive exactly what we need to receive today. Amen. Hallelujah. Freddie, can you bring me my phone real quick? I wanted to read something. I left it over there. Thank you. Last week when uh, Dr. Savell was with us, he uh, had a word on his way over. And I want to read that word and then we'll get into the message today. But it, this was Dr. Savell's, what the Lord gave him by the unction of the Holy Spirit. He said, stay free from fear and it will still be a good year. You will see you, will see you can always depend on me. I haven't changed my plan. Trust in me and continue to stand. It's going to turn out better than you think. So keep on rejoicing. And again, I say, keep on rejoicing. Amen. Keep on rejoicing and keep on rejoicing. I believe rejoicing is a key where we continually to release our faith in, in where we're headed and where we're going. Don't let fear set in. You stand in faith and continue to rejoice that, that, that this is, this is changed. This is turned around. That if you maybe be out of work right now, that it's turning around. That, that you might be in a financial difficulty right now, but you're rejoicing because you know it's turning around. That is turning around. You see, I, I believe that's the, that's the, the gospel. I believe that's the God's heartbeat and the whole, the whole aspect of, of the scripture, scriptures from the beginning to end had everything to do with restoration. This is a book of turnaround. This is a book of restoration. This is, this is, a, this is a, a book of God's will being done in his favorite thing, and that's you and me. Amen? That the God is desiring to work and restore you and continue to restore you and make you new, better than you were before. Amen? Hallelujah. But we have, we have a position that we need to rest in, and that is a position of faith. We are heritage of faith. Uh, back in September, um, uh, you know, when we were, Annette and I were in South Africa and the Lord spoke a word to, uh, to myself and, and while we were over there and just meditated on that and, and throughout that rest of the year, the Lord kept speaking that word. And, and if you're a part of the church family, you've heard this word this year and it's the word simplified, simplified. And what does simplify mean? It means to reduce down to the basic essentials. It means to reduce down to the basic essentials. Basic essentials are priorities. And so as your pastor coming alongside and coming underneath Dr. Savell and, 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 and standing on the fact that this is a year that God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase like never before. So as your pastor, the Lord kept telling me, hey, simplify, simplify. You know, we can get so busy and our lives can be so complicated. We can be meditating on so many things in our lives. And, and, and what happens is we can't see the open door. We can't see the direction. We can't see, you know, the direction we need to go. So I, I continue to want to encourage you. Hey, simplify. You know, in this, seri- in this series from the beginning of the year, I talked about who you're with. We talked about the word and the importance of the word. And how that, that word is vital to us. That word is what strengthens us. That word is, is what we, that, that builds our faith. 
And so I want to go in a, in a new direction. And if you watched Wednesday night, I dealt with some things concerning this. But I, but I have in this heart to, for this aspect of simplified is, is I want to talk to you about a life of faith. So in my time with you over the week, weeks to come, months to come, is we're going to be talking about a life of faith. A life of faith. And I believe this isn't just a personal thing. It's not just a personal thing, but I believe it's a corporate thing. But I believe it's supposed to also move over into where it affects the world around us. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, we sure do miss, miss your smiling faces. Amen. Every single one of you. Hallelujah. Man, we are a heritage of faith. That's what we are. We're a heritage of faith. And I believe that's we, we, we need to live a legacy of faith. Amen. That's what we're here. We, I'm so grateful for an apostle. So grateful for founding pastors like Dr. Savelle and Miss Carolyn that have taught faith for 51 years. That have lived faith for 51 years. And, and I believe that that it's the key to uh, what's happening in the world today. You know, after all this life of faith, you know, if you're born again and you're a, you're a believer, you made Jesus the Lord of your life, it's, it's your DNA. You're a new creation. See, you, you, you may have lived one way for the last, you know, up until I got born again in 1993, I lived a certain way. But after I got born again and I had an experience with God, all of a sudden I was a new creation. Therefore, I'd lived different than I did previous to that. You know, we've been given, according to Romans chapter 12, we've been given the measure. It said God dealt to every man the measure of faith. And I believe he's talking about believers here. Because after all, and Apostle Paul also talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he talked about wicked and evil men. He said, not all men have faith. But so what did Paul mean? He was saying, these wicked men, not all men have faith. But over here he said he dealt to every man the measure of faith. I believe he's talking about born again believers that, that when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, there was a seed of God planted down on the inside of you. And I believe it was a seed of faith. So let me ask you, what are you doing with your seed of faith? If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, today would be a great day to make Jesus the Lord of your life. But, but if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you have a seed of faith. He, 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 he deposited a, he deposited the measure of faith. I, I'm so grateful it wasn't a measure. Because if it was just a measure, then Joseph could get a measure. The, you know, the camera worker could get a measure. Those in the sound booth could get a measure, but it was the measure. And a measure could be a different, a different portion. But when it is the measure, it is a set portion. It's a set portion. You were given the measure of faith. What are you doing with your faith? You know, it's the same thing. We, we've all been given, we've all been given the same amount of muscles within our body. But the issue is, it depends, it depends what you're doing with those muscles that determine how strong those muscles become, how toned those muscles become, how enduring those muscles can become, how, how long lasting those muscles can become. Why? Because it's what you're doing with that muscle 
that determines everything. See, faith as a believer is part of your DNA now. You know, it tells us in the word in Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.2.4, the just shall live by his faith. You see, it's how we live now. It's part, it's a part of you. This is how we're to live now. So as believers, we have to understand this aspect of faith. This life of faith is not a message. This life of faith is not a movement. This life of faith is not a fad. I encourage you to get Dr. Savell's book, The Nature of Faith. He also has a book called The Life of Faith. I'm going to encourage you to to understand this life of faith. And I'm going to be sharing a lot of different things about a life of faith. And maybe some things, maybe in a way you may not have heard before. Because I believe this life of faith has to be something that, that grows on the inside of us and changes how we live. Thank you, Father. So let's look at Luke chapter 18. For the sake of time, let's look at verse 8. It says, I tell you, he will defend, I'm going to read the Amplified. I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? You know, this, this is written from Jesus. Jesus is telling a story and he's telling about a woman that goes to this unjust judge. And says, avenge me of my adversary. And he talks about how, then it all says, says God it can't be likened to this unjust judge. And he says, however. He says, I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith in the earth? He could also say, when he comes, will people look to him as the answer? Will people look to him as the answer like this woman did that went to the unjust judge. God is not an unjust judge. But the issue he is looking, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? He's looking for people that will be dependent upon the one that has the answer. Sold out to the fact that there is only one answer, and it is my our Heavenly Father. It is Jesus. The next verse says, He also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves. See, faith is not about having faith in your faith. Faith is about having faith in God. It's not about how many scriptures you can quote, how many scriptures you can memorize, but it's have those scriptures Made a change on the inside of you. Have those scriptures. I love how Dr. Savell talks about how when he, he, he had, he had sold his business, closed his business down and went into and spent in time in the word eight hours a day for, for that period of time. And it said he came out with the word of God in his, in his heart, word of God in his mouth and the fire of God in his eyes, it, fire of God in his heart and the word of God in his mouth. What, what happened? All of a sudden it wasn't just, it wasn't him memorizing scriptures, but when he came out of there, it was something that went off on the inside of them. He had now had a revelation of who God is. He had a revelation of what he had a right to. He had a revelation of the promises of God. He had a revelation of what needed to change. He had a revelation of his call 
fulfilling of his purpose, his destiny. But it all came out of this word. See, this word, faith doesn't, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Not just so we can say, hey, I can quote a scripture. No, faith comes by hearing. Why? Because as I get into the word, I get to know him. I get to know who he is. When the son of man comes, returns, will he find faith in the earth? I don't know about you, but, but that's, a, that's a question to me. He's saying, Justin, when I come back, will I found faith in the earth? I want to say, look no further. Look at, if you're looking for something, when you re, hey, I want you to find, I want to, I want to, I want you to find faith in me. Faith. Faith is our victory that overcomes the world. Faith. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is our victory that overcomes the world. Thank you, Father. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you for your word today. Are you thankful for his word? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Verse 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Impossible to please God. Faith is the only way to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. I want you to see this morning that faith is about a pursuit. Faith is not about trusting yourself. Faith is about solely depending upon your creator. Solely dependent upon the father. When Jesus returns, is he going to find a church, a people that are solely dependent upon him? Is he your source all the time or is he your source only when you don't know what to do? Is he your source just when you've hit rock bottom or is he your source all the time? Is prayer a lifestyle to you or is it or is it just something that you do when you're in trouble? Because prayer is something that you do only when you're in trouble, then you are not living a life of faith. Hallelujah. Life of faith is about pursuing. It's about ever learning. It's about ever discovering him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God. I I want you to see that this morning that, that this whole aspect of faith is about relationship. He who comes to God, he who comes to God, he who comes to God, he who comes to God. This, this is about coming to God. And, and I had, I just want to share just some of my personal journey to you. I, I had an idea this life of faith was if I just, if I just confessed it enough, if I just said it enough, if I just said it loud enough, if I just said it at the right octave, if I said it with the right tone in my voice, if I said it enough times, then that means I must have re- released my faith. But it's about coming to God. It's about coming to God. Must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Man, it's about faith. It's about having a continued perspective that God is my source. 
It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It doesn't matter what you're, what you might be facing right now, but it's saying, I'm going to seek God. I'm coming to God. God is my answer and I'm solely dependent upon him. Thank you, Father. It's in my own life. I had a, I had a struggle and I, and I, and it was like always trying to get God to do something. And a lot of times I, I didn't realize that God had already done something. It was almost like it, it, if I got in the word enough, then I was earning points with him. And, you know, pray, if I just prayed enough then I'm earning points with him and, and you know, I, I'm just the only way I can really liken this. I, I, I thought about the, you know, the, in Acts chapter 19, and it talks about the seven sons of Sceva. And it said that they went to, they went to the, they went and said, we cast you out. In the name of Jesus and whom Paul preaches. See, they were saying the right things. They may have been quoting the right scriptures. They may have been talking about the right law. They may have been talking about the things exactly how Paul talked about it. They confessed the right scriptures, said the right thing. But what happened? It said the demons looked at them and said, well, we know Paul. And we know Jesus. But who are you? See, it's more than just what's coming out of your mouth. It's who do you know? Is who do you know? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why? Because you get to know him. You get to know what you have a right to. You get to know your promises. And so often I was trying to go out for, I was out for an outcome. You know, I'd hear a preacher preach something and they talk about what they got from God. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, now I want that. You know, you may hear Dr. Savell talk about things that, that he's received by faith. The things that he stood on by faith. And all of a sudden now you're releasing your faith for those things. But do you know what he knows? Have you spent time with the one has the one that he spent time with the one that develops the picture of his purpose on the inside of you. And so often I was trying to go for an outcome instead of going out for God. And that's just what those seven sons of Sceva, they were wanting an outcome. They were wanting a result, but it's not about pursuing a result. It's about pursuing him. Now, there is a point where we, when you conceive it, you can receive it. There is a reality to that. And we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth. But too often we're just confessing with our mouth, but we haven't really got to the believing in our heart yet. But the believing in our heart comes when we have a, we're consumed with the revelation of who he is and what he's made available to us. It's not about pursuing an outcome. I learned from Dr. Savell also that, that he, he said so often, you know, we seek the provision, but we don't seek the provider. You know, he, I love it. I remember in Bible school when he taught us, he said, so often people are seeking the provision. They're, so often they're seeking God's hands. They're seeking what God could do for them, but they're not seeking his face. You see, when you seek his face, you can't help get but what's in his hand. So please don't, I, I don't want to, this isn't about me trying to educating you something in new in faith, but it's more, I want to, I'm laying a foundation of a life of faith. A life of faith is all about pursuing him. It's all about knowing him. Years ago, having a conversation with the Lord. And he said, 
He said, he told me this. He said, Justin, you're trying to build a life of faith without a foundation. And I was like, what do you mean by that? Go, go, go to Psalms chapter 11. Psalms chapter 11. You're trying to build a life of faith without a foundation. What do I mean by that? You know that, that scripture in, in Matthew 7 where it talks about the, the wise man and the foolish man? There was a wise man uh, that heard the word and did the word. He built his house upon a rock. Then you had the foolish man that said he just he heard the word, but he didn't do the word. And therefore, his house was built upon the sand and it fell. Meaning there was a there was something wrong with the foundation. There was nothing wrong with the word that was preached. So don't don't blame don't blame people preaching on faith as your problem. The, the word isn't the problem. It's your focus is the problem. And my, my focus was the problem because I was struggling because I was, I was looking for an outcome. And when the outcome didn't happen in my time frame, when the outcome all of a sudden now looked impossible, all of a sudden when, when, uh, when attacks came or, or it didn't look like that my, my, my vision board or my faith project wasn't come to pass, then all of a sudden it was like, well, I guess this, this stuff doesn't work. And so the Lord was telling me, he says, Justin, you're trying to build a, Life of faith without the right foundation. You know, for instance, we know the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, right? And, 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 and for instance, let's, let's take some scriptures for a moment. Let's take a scripture. God shall supply or God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? Now, they, now we, that's a scripture. And that's a, and look at that as like a wall that you're, you're, you're erecting in your life. God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then I have another wall by the stripes of Jesus. I am healed. I am already healed. I have been healed. Maybe there's another wall where it says he always causes me to triumph. That's another wall. These are all scriptures. Another, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And see, all those are, all those are scriptures. They're powerful scriptures. But yet, if it's not built on the right thing, then they can just be words. Now, let's look at Psalms chapter 11 here in the Amplified. Let's look at verse 1. It says, in the Lord, I take refuge and I put my trust. Man, in the Lord, take our refuge and put my, do you, do you, are you putting your trust in the Lord? The psalmist here is talking, David's talking here and he's saying, I put my trust in the Lord. And then, then he says this. So how can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? Now think about it. He says, I trust in the Lord. So, so how can you tell me that I'm supposed to flee to a mountain? See, that's, that's how the enemy likes to operate. That's how the enemy wants to operate. That you say you trust in God and all of a sudden the enemy is speaking to you saying it's not going to work. Or, hey, did you see that news report? 
Did you see about that health issue? Did you see about that? Did you see about this? Did you see about that? And here the apostle Paul and David is saying, he goes, it's in the Lord. I take my trust. So how can you say to me that I need to flee to a mountain? Verse two says for C for C meaning you have to understand this for C the wicked are bending their bow. They make ready their arrow upon their string that they in darkness may shoot at the upright in heart. See, the just shall live by faith. And see, the enemy's always looking for an avenue. The enemy always looking to find an avenue to take you off of your faith. See, David is saying, I trust in the Lord. So how are you going to tell me I've got to flee to a mountain? I don't need to flee because greater is he that's me than he that's in the world. I'm not going to go backwards. Why? Because God shall supply all my needs according to his glory in Christ Jesus. How can you say this to me? Verse 13, verse three says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Meaning if, if the, if the enemy by taking his bow out, if he can take, if that foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? Or what has the righteous one wrought or accomplished? See, there's a foundation that we need to build our lives upon. I trust in the Lord. So how can you say to me, flee like a mountain? Why? Because the enemy's always going to be doing the same thing. And what does David say here? He goes, if that foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? So this morning, when we talk about a life of faith, I want us to make sure we're building on the right foundation. For the sake of time, let's go to verse seven. It says, for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. Now think about it. If the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? So what is someone that's righteous? What should they do? For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face or he beholds the upright. See, what are you looking at? What are you focusing on? Are you putting your faith in your faith or are you putting your, you're putting faith in him? Are you putting your faith on how many times you can quote a scripture or how many hours you pray? Or are you putting your faith in him? If the foundation are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So what foundation did the Lord direct me that I needed to build in my life? He said, Justin, you're trying to build a life of faith, but you don't have a foundation. So for the next little bit, I want, I want to build that foundation on the inside of our hearts today on a life of faith on what I had to do in my life. Go to Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five. Thank you, Father. Galatians 5. Hallelujah. This is a year of supernatural increase. Hallelujah. What do we build our lives upon? Yes, we build our lives upon the word. Hallelujah. But that the word places a foundation that's secure and strong. Hallelujah. Galatians 5. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Galatians 5, verse 6. It says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision. 
but a faith which worketh by love. Now think about it. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision neither avail anything, nor uncircumcision. Meaning, this isn't about what you do on the outside. It's not about what you do on the outside. But it's about what, but faith that works by love. But faith that works by love. This word work here is where we get our word energy from. For faith gets its energy from love. Faith gains momentum from love. Without love, my faith doesn't have energy to stand. Without love, my faith won't have momentum to go forward. Without love, my faith will not keep me strong in adversity. The foundation of a life of faith is built upon the word. But what does the word produce? First of all, you have to understand the word Give, the word plants a foundation of God's character and God's nature in my life. See, I want you to, I want you to make a statement right now. I want you to say this. It's the love of God that will bring me through. It's the love of God that I will build my life upon. It's the love of God that I rest in. It's the love of God that reveals to me that every promise, that every covenant promise is mine now in Jesus name. Faith works by love. You, you see, this like when you say this, faith is relational. It's he that comes to God. See, this is relationship, relationship. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of them, them that diligently seek him. See, I want you to see that faith, a life of faith brings me into greater things. A life of faith brings me into God's promises. A life of faith brings me into greater things. Say that a life of faith brings me in. To greater things. Now think about this. In Psalm chapter 23, the word tells us, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd who believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down by green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You see, the Lord is. See, this is relationship. The Lord is my shepherd. See, see there, you have to understand that there is a relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. The shepherd loves the sheep and the sheep love the shepherd. And it is in this relationship that you understand that he makes me lie down by green pastures. So my faith in the shepherd leads me. My shepherd causes me to operate in greater things. In, in, in John chapter 10, verse 9, 
It says, it says, he comes in and goes out shall be, he that, he says, he that enters in through me shall be saved. Enter through, see, this is relationship. It's not, he who can memorize 10 scriptures. No, he who enters in through me shall be saved. How are we saved? We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we shall be saved. This has to do with relationship. Yes, we confess the scripture. Yes, we declare the scripture. But too often, we... Thank you, Father. But too often, we... Declare the things that we wish instead of proclaiming the promises. You see, it's the, it's, it's relational. Enter through me, you shall be saved. And it says that you will come in and go out freely and you will find pasture. And look, go look at that word pasture. And it means increase. Amen means increase. Hallelujah. It means increase. You see, it's relational. It's not just me spouting off uh, scriptures, although do it. it. Meditate the word, declare the word, speak the word. But understanding my confession of the word, my meditating the word is all about me solidifying his nature, his character, his promises in my life. A life of faith has to be built through this relationship that you have with God. Faith works by love. And faith is all about relationship with him. Hallelujah. Realize the foundation of our faith is built on not an assumption that God loves me. But in knowing that God loves me. God loves me. And his love will get me through. I want that to be on your, in your heart and mouth this week. The love of God will get me through. The love of God will make a way where there seems to be no way. It's the love of God. The love of God. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Let's look some some scriptures about the love of God for a moment. If you're taking notes, just write down Jeremiah 31, 3. Write down Isaiah 54, 8 through 10. And you can write down Psalms 89, 33 through 35. I'm not going to read all these, but write those down and you can go to those. Jeremiah 31. You see, as we get into the word... It, it's, it's not just about getting head knowledge, but it's about heart knowledge. It's a personal relationship with him. Jeremiah 31. Now, as I read this, I want you to understand that this is written uh, with an Old Testament understanding. This is written from an Old Covenant perspective. So how much more for you and I living under a new covenant? Jeremiah 31, verse 1. In the King James, it says, at the same time, says the Lord, will I be the God of all the families of Israel 
and they shall be my people. See, this is relational. Thus says the people, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness. Have you found grace? Even Israel, when I went to cause them to him to rest, verse three, the Lord has appeared of old unto me saying, yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with love and kindness, have I drawn thee verse four. And again, I will build thee. What is God trying to communicate to them? Not just a bunch of words, but what is he trying to communicate his heart? That is with your loving kindness, I will draw thee. And again, I will build thee. See, I want you to know that we have to place our faith in the character of God. We have to place our faith in the love of God. Because faith is what's going to love is what's going to cause our faith to gain energy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Go to Isaiah 54 and I read this one and then we'll go forward. Isaiah 54. Verse 7 in the Amplified. Now remember, this is in the old, the old covenant, but now how much more in the new covenant? For a brief moment, I forsook you, but with great compassion and mercy, I have gathered you to me again. In a little burst of wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with age enduring love, with age enduring love and kindness, I will have compassion and mercy on you, says the Lord your redeemer for this is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore that the waters of Noah should not more, no more go over the earth. So have I sworn that I will not be angry with you or rebuke you for though the mountains should depart and the hills be shaken and removed. Yet my love and kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace and completeness be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Wow. Now think of that under the new covenant. My love and kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace or completeness be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. That is a covenant love. Wow. You see, so when you meditate on the fact that, that as I'm standing on the, as I'm standing in the midst of adversity, see, it's not just say, it's not just saying, well, God shall supply all my needs. Oh, God, will you supply? God, will you? No, no, God shall supply. God shall supply. Well, why shall he supply? Why will he supply? Why will he supply all of my need? Why? Because his love and kindness shall not depart from me. Why can I, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Why? My covenant of peace and completeness will not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on me. You see, it's not just me just rattling off some sort of scriptures. It's not just me rattling off a few things that I heard my mama speak or I heard Dr. Savell speak or Brother Copeland speak. No, and I'm founded upon the love of God. And I realize that every scripture was written from this position of love. Every scripture, this covenant that I have is a covenant of love that he will not back away from. He will not alter the thing that has come out of his mouth. That's why I declared the scriptures. That's why I proclaim the promise. Promises. Why? I do it in faith. What's my faith built upon? He loves me and I shall not go back. Why do you say the just shall live by faith and I will not draw back? Why would, why would the, the writer of Hebrews say that? I will not draw back. Why? Because his love and compassion 
It's age enduring. See, for me, he said, yeah, you're in the word, Justin. You're in the word. You're, yeah, you're, you're declaring the word. You're speaking the word. He said, but you're more focused on the outcome than the relationship. Focus on the relationship. As you focus on the relationship, you focus on the word, you're building an inner image. You're confessing this scripture. And that's building an inner image of the end result. But what is it? What is the foundation of that inner? He loves me. Go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Hallelujah. He loves me. Hallelujah. And the love of God will bring you through. Say that. The love of God is bringing me through. The love of God is healing my body. Is restoring my mind. The love of God is setting me free from every bondage. In Jesus' name. First John chapter 4, for the sake of time, and this is a great chapter. You should read the whole thing. Hallelujah. Verse 7. Thank you. Actually, verse 16. I mean, verse 16. And we have known and believe that God hath to us. Known and believed. Do you know? And believe God's love to you. See, it's not an assumption. It's not a, well, does God love me? See, it's not a question. See, John says, we have known. That's to, that, that word known there is, we know it not just through our mental capacities. It's not just intellectual knowledge but it's from experience. It's personal. We have known and we have believed the love that God has to us. Do you truly know how much God loves you? See, your faith begins where the will of God is known. But let me ask you, let me say something else. Faith ends at the point of a question. It begins where the will of God is known, but faith ends at the point of a question. And that question is, well, does God love me? And so many different directions with this, but what I want you to see, John's saying, for we have known and believe the love that God has to us. Then it says this, God is love. God doesn't have love. He is love. It's who he is. He's God. And he is love. He is love. He's love personified. He's love beyond our mind can understand it. He's love so beyond what we could put into words. His love. And you know what? It's extended towards you. God is love. God is love. Let me, let me put it in this, this illustration. God is love. This is a glass. This is a cup made of glass. This is glass. God is love. This is glass. God is love. You see, 
This is glass. Now, I could break this into all sorts of different pieces. I could melt it down. I could recycle it. I could make a light bulb out of it. I could, I could make, make a windshield out of it. I could do, I could make a, I could make a beautiful blown chandelier with it. I could do all sorts of things because this is glass. God is love. This is glass. It doesn't matter how much I break God down. It doesn't matter how much, how many different names I put with God, whether it's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd, our, our provider, our, 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 the one who sanctifies us, our victory and our banner, El Elyon, El Shaddai. It doesn't matter what different names I put with it. I can break God down in so many different pay, in so many different pieces, but the fact is he is still love. And every redemptive name comes out of that love. And when he said Jehovah, it was his name that all of a sudden now caused him to get involved with us. God is love. He is love. And our life of faith has to be built upon this revelation that he is love. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Thank you, Father. And a few more scriptures. A lot of teaching this morning, but I want you to receive this because I believe this is about simplifying our life. A life of faith. Because I believe a life of faith is what's going to bring to pass the prophetic word in our lives. 2020, God is opening a new door and bringing about supernatural increase like never before. Can I get an amen? God is love. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm going to read, I'm just going to read in the King James. But remember, God is love. Now, the King James uses the word charity. But I'm going to read it like this. Wherever there's love, I'm going to use the word God. Starting in verse 4. God suffers long and God is kind. God doesn't envy. God doesn't lift itself up. God does not behave itself unseemly. God does not seek his own. God is not easily provoked. God doesn't think any evil. God rejoices not in iniquity, but God rejoices in the truth. God beareth all things. God believeth all things, God hopes all things, and God endures all things. God never fails. See, God is love. And if love never fails, then God never fails. See, the foundation of our life is what we have to build our, we build our life on. And this foundation is the love of God. Let's go to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41. Thank you, Father. Kela baso broshte kete laramaya. Itashton broshte kesi. Indor randeshte kisi. Abrishta tonde regete. Nosa rabaya yetaso. Desha brastiki. Oh, I keep hearing that the love of God's going to bring you through. The love of God. The love of God. Hallelujah. Isaiah 41. Remember, God is love. Love is God. Now, let's, let's, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Where it talks about I am or it talks about God, we're going to put the word love. 
Fear not, therefore, there is nothing to fear. Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for love is with you. Fear not, there is nothing to fear, love is with you. Hallelujah. Do not look around in terror and be dismayed, for I am love. Love will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, love will help you. Love will hold you up and love will retain you with its victorious right hand. Behold, all those who have enraged and inflamed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. They who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. You shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. I think that's something that you need to pray. The, the enemy that's coming after you, you can't even find him. They who war against you shall be as nothing and nothing at all. What you're facing right now shall become as nothing. Verse 13, for love, for I love, hallelujah, for I am love <laughs> and love holds your right hand. I am love. Love says to you, don't fear. Love will help you. Hallelujah. Fear not, you worm of Jacob, you men of Israel. Love will help you, says the Lord. Your redeemer is love and I love Israel. Now let's go close with this. Hebrews chapter 13. I'll start to close with this. Hebrews 13. What is a life of faith built upon? That God loves me. I know and believe the love of God. Hebrews chapter 13. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Verse 5 in the Amplified. It says, let your character and moral disposition be free from the love of money. Include greed of various lusts, craving, and earthly passions. And be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. For God himself has said. See, really, see, God is never about us not having things. He's given us his covenant. He, he gives us all things richly to enjoy. The issue with his is, are you loving money or are you loving God? Are you pursuing God or are you pursuing money? Are you pursuing the provider or are you pursuing the provision? Are you focused on the, the end result or are you focusing on the one that's going to bring about the end result? See, that's what this is talking. It's not talking about that God doesn't want you to have things here. The question is, what is, what are you passionately pursuing? That's the love of money. Are you pursuing God? Or are you pursuing things? For he, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you. Or you could say this, love himself said, love, love himself said, I will not fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Love says, I'll not leave you. Love says, I will not give you, leave you without, without support. Love will not, I will not, love will not, love will not, love will not, love will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake you, nor let you down. So it's not about, we just need to be poor. No, this is let 
your faith not rest in what you can do, but rest in what love can do. Love. Love. A life of faith. A life of faith simplified has to be built on this revelation that God loves me. And every word that comes, whether it's scripture, whether it's a prophetic word, has to rest on this foundation of love. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? How are the righteous supposed to live? By faith. If we break up that foundation, there's nothing for our life to be built up. It has to be built upon this love. The love of God is what's going to be, is what's going to get you through. Now, before I, I wrap up and close out, there was something the Lord spoke to me last week. And I'll be dealing with this the weeks to come. Thank you, Father. A life of faith is always seeking, is always pursuing, receiving, learning, and discovering, and becoming. And we'll put something in my heart, and this all has to do with a life of faith. And when he, after he told me these things, I'm going to communicate those things. We'll build on them in weeks to come. The Lord told me this. He said, these things, he says, will produce a personal revival and they'll produce a corporate revival and they'll produce a community awakening. He said that to me. He, these things that I'm about to release to you, he said, he said, this life of faith, it will produce a personal revival, a corporate revival, and a community awakening. And I, I talked about four things and he said, in a life of faith, in a life of faith, there's, he told me four things the other day, but with other things here, I, he spoke to me over the last several days after that. He said, there's six spiritual focuses. There's six spiritual focuses to a life of faith. A life of faith is established upon the love of God. Number two, a life of faith is built upon the word. A life of faith is a life of worship and prayer. Number four, a life of faith has a continual expectancy that God is moving. Number five, a life of faith honors the Holy Spirit in every way. And number six, a life of faith pursues a life of holiness. And he told me, he said, Justin, as a pastor, he said, these things will produce personal revival and they'll produce corporate revival, but they'll produce a community awakening. Let me give those things one more time. A life of faith is established in the love of God. A life of faith, faith is built upon the word. A life of faith is a life of worship and prayer. A life of faith has a continual expectancy for God to move and that God is moving. And a life of faith honors the Holy Spirit in every way. And lastly, a life of faith pursues a life of holiness. And he said, with these things, making a part of your life 
is going to produce a personal revival in you. Which will produce a corporate revival in the church. Which produces a community awakening. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We thank you for your goodness today. The love of God is what's going to bring bring you through. Thank you, Vic. Eric, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.